said it's good to have sister Melissa and Walt and Judah with us on today and uh, I noticed that some of the new folks may not even know who they are but uh, they come sister Melissa was a worship leader for about two years and I'll drive back and forward uh, from Virginia to here on Sundays and lead us in worship and then go home and and then uh, when Renee and I pastored in White Sulphur, she was our worship leader there for many years. And uh, we just have a uh, wonderful relationship. This is one of those relationships of kingdom that you don't have to talk every day to stay connected. Amen. And uh, we're so thankful for them on today, knowing that our worship team, most of them were going to be gone. It took one call. No, it took a text, didn't it? One text. She said, I'll be here. Didn't even ask Walt. <laughs> All right. Praise God. It was good to, uh, uh, for uh, Miss Michaela covered the service last week for us as Renee and I were gone and, uh, to North Carolina. And we serve on a, a board of directors there in a church. And, and we went there and helped with some things. And, and uh, so we're thankful uh, that we have that here in this house and voices that can uh, share the word of the Lord. Amen. And uh, it's not a one man show. We're here together, working together for the kingdom of God. And today I want to share with you for something, just a little something in my heart. In Daniel chapter 2, going to look at three different scriptures. Daniel chapter 2, verse number 21. It says, he changes the times and the seasons. He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Amen. In 1 Chronicles 12 and 32, the Bible says the children of Iskar, uh, which were the men that had understanding of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. Amen. It's not only that we have uh, understanding of the times, but we've got to know what to do in the time that we're in. You, uh, it's no good for you to fight if it's not a time to fight. And neither is it a time good to rest when there's a time of war. And so you have to know what time it is, but you've got to know what to do in that time. And then I want to look at Judges chapter 16, verse 21 and 22. And the Bible says there, Judges 16, 21, Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes, speaking of Samson, and brought him down to Gaza, and they bound him with bronze fetters and became a grinder in the prison. Verse 22, however, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Amen. May God bless the reading of his word on today. I believe that there is about to be some changes coming to the body of Christ. I, I've started this years telling you this and it's a, a spirit it's a a feeling it is uh, I am overwhelmed with an anticipation of what God is going to do and I believe that it is already in motion 
Joel is called a minor prophet because, not because of his context, but the length of his, his uh, speech that he gives and, and his writing that he gives us. And he tells us to get ready because God is going to do a work in the last days. And so I'm thrilled about the promise that Joel had given to us. I believe that the church needs to stand on the threshold of this opportunity that we have and that we expect there to be a great harvest in this last day. Because of the fact that we have no spirit of expectation is a result of us not receiving anything. But it is the spirit of expectation that brings about the miraculous. It brings about the supernatural. It is the uh, spirit of expectation that was on the crippled man that looked upon Peter and John expecting to receive something from him that caused there to be a release into his life. And so it is with us. We need to have an expectation within us. Can somebody say amen? In order for us to have a harvest, in order for us to reap the harvest that is before us, it is sometimes, you know, Jesus would talk to the farmer about farming. He would talk to the fisherman about fishing. And sometimes we've got to understand that if you're a fisherman, then you have to have the right bait. If you don't have the right bait, you don't need to waste your whole day throwing the same bait because it's not working. You've got to find out what is working and use that bait. The, a live worm always catches more fish than a dead worm. Lifeless, motionless things are, are not good. They, people don't enjoy it. You can't catch fish on it. And we see today that in a lot of settings that we have, we have a motionless, lifeless church, and we're expecting to draw living things. From a, from a culture and from a, a perception of trying to reach a world that is lost, a people group that do not know Jesus, even are biblically illiterate, and we're trying to catch them on things that are dead and lifeless and meaningless. We're trying to say, here, we've got something for you. Wouldn't you like this? And, and they come and they look and they see, but all they see is dead. They see dying. They see uh, the stillness of the church. And, and there is no expectation. There is no hope. There is no joy. And, and we say, wouldn't you like some of this? And they say, no, thank you. I'm in misery enough, right? And, and, but if there is really, if we are serving a true living God, if we are really believing what we say that we believe, then there ought to be a spirit of expectation and excitement on the inside of us that says that even though no matter what is going on in the world around about us, that we have a blessed hope and that blessed hope is in Christ Jesus. Amen. We, we know that this young man, this Nazarite that was named Samson, he had been a terror to the Philistines. He comes into a camp and he slays 30 men and he, he takes their clothes and he pays a wager with them. 
he catches 300 fox, he ties them together, and then he lights them a torch between them and sends them into the uh, enemy's fields, their harvest, it burns up the harvest. He, he takes the gates off of a city when they think they got him bound up. He takes the gates off of the city. He carries them to the top of the mountain and laughs at them. And we see all of these things that are taking place. And, and, and we see that they could not figure out where his power was. They said, what, what's your so secret? What's your source? Where does your power come from? It suggests to me that Samson did not look like Hercules. Samson was not a gym rat. He wasn't bygeing biceps out of his shirt and tearing shirts apart. He, he, was, he didn't look anything like that because if they, he did, they would know where his strength was. But the fact that they asked him, where do you get this power? I don't know necessarily that he looked like Popeye. But I do believe that he did not exhibit that he had this kind of strength. That he did not appear as though that he would be able to carry the gates of the city up the mountain. That it didn't look like he would be able to, to tear the, the, the ropes and the things that they would try to bind him with. But nevertheless, Samson, uh, we see that Samson had this strength and this power that they did not understand or know where it came from. The Philistines got him in our text and they bound him and the bible says that this is when the party started you see the philistines had a party because they had captured this man called samson from samson to nebuchadnezzar who revealed his own power through throwing his party in his own honor he he sent forth a for the holy sacred vessels of, of the temple of God, the house of God, and drinking wine from them and the golden goblets. You remember the story that was supposed to be sanctified unto God. The end result of this was that, that they weighed in the balance and they found wanted. From Nebuchadnezzar to the New Testament to the king named Herod who, who stole away his brother's wife. He drinks himself into a drunken stupor and he watches a girl that dances before him and cries and says, ask me for anything up to half of my kingdom. You know his mother comes and says to her, ask for John the Baptist's head on a silver platter. Right? We see that the parties continue throughout history. It doesn't matter if it's in a ballroom from the White House or a weekend party at the neighbor's house. It doesn't matter if it's from the lights of Las Vegas or if it's the Mardi Gras of New Orleans. It's from the bridge uh, a night at the club or if it is in the backyard barbecue. People are looking for a reason to celebrate. People are looking for a reason to have a party for any occasion, any excuse that we want to celebrate. It doesn't matter if it's Independence Day, Valentine's Day, Father's Day, Mother's Day. They even make up days. They have Secretary Day, Sibling Day, Dog Day. Huh? 
Groundhog Day, President's Day. We make up opportunities to celebrate, an opportunity to rejoice. And there's such a thrill of, of many that would want to go and, and be excited, be happy, be joyful. And, and, and so we see that going on in our culture today. It doesn't matter if you're sipping wine or from a champagne bottle or if you're drinking Budweiser out of a styrofoam cup in the backyard. We've got drugs that are uh, from volume to cocaine. We, we see that all of these things, it doesn't matter if it comes from an alley or over a counter. People are looking for to solve their problem with a party. And they're looking at all of the wrong places. And the enemy is trying to cause us to believe that, that it's that where we can get our answer is in the celebration. When the reality of it is, is the enemy is going to come for the cover charge. The fact of the matter is that where search goes on and on to try to satisfy the emptiness and the void of humanity. And that is the reason we see them that have gone to the smoke-filled rooms and alcohol flowing and drug-infested parties is because they're looking for something that will numb their pain. Something to fill the craving of contentment. And many of them once attended church. Many of them once sat under a pastor. They went, they, they went to the world because they didn't find what they needed in the church. The bait of the world was wiggling. It was moving. It was exciting. It was thrilling. While the bait of the church offered was dead, lifeless, motionless, dull, dare I say boring. I'm preaching better than you're letting on today. They walk through the doors of the cathedral and they stare through the stained glass windows and they sat in padded pews and they came to, to the church, but they did not find what they needed most. They found church without finding Christ. They found religion without finding salvation. They found no love. They found no joy. They found no peace. They found no laughter. They found no hope. They found, they found no healing. They found no happiness. They did not find what they wanted. All they found was pretense and put on. They found form, but they never found, and they found ritual, but they never found revival. Many places, the music mimics a funeral. Amen. But we did not come here today to mourn the death of a loved one. We come here to celebrate the resurrection of a king. And every Sunday morning, it's not just Easter, but every Sunday morning, every time we come into the house of the Lord, we ought to come as a celebration, not as a morning service. Amen. The atmosphere that we have to, to expect and to create, and I say create because it never just happens, you have to create it. 
You have to be participating. You have to worship. You have to open up your heart to, to the things of the Spirit and the things of God so that there can create an atmosphere because if there is not an atmosphere of worship, then the preaching will be dead and boring. And we will memorize prayers and we will rehearse speeches, but there will never be a, the power of God released into the atmosphere. Congregations are full of what some would call sad sack saints. They show up with no emotion, no excitement. Right? If you called for somebody who had died, the mortician would have to check a hundred people to find out who it was. <laughs> before they got the right one. That ought not be the case in the house of God. It ought not be the case in the place where that we have found hope and what we sung about here today, a blessed hope where the blood has been applied and the kingdom of God has come to live on the inside of us. But this world is looking for something alive. They're looking for something that's moving. They're looking for something that's exciting. And I want to tell you today that the truth of the matter is that there is nothing that the world can put on. There's no lights, there's no sound, there's no, no, no drama, there is no action, there's no musician, there's no singer that can be able to mimic what God does in a place where people begin to worship Him. Because it's more than a show, it's more than going through the motions, but it is the presence of God that comes and we encounter the King of glory reveals hope and gives help to those who are hurting and broken and that's the reason why that we cannot be afraid to lift up our voice to clap our hands to dance our dance and shout our shout and rejoice in the name of the Lord why because we're creating an atmosphere where God can release his power into people's lives for real amen there's something exciting about the presence of God. Jesus is the life of the party. Amen. Jesus is the life of the party. The, the, the 70 returned and they said that, that they were rejoicing because devils were subject to them. And he said, don't, don't get all excited about that. I was there when I threw him out of heaven. He said, don't rejoice over that, but rejoice because your name has been written down in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. I'm excited today because I'm not drinking from an old wine of empty religion, but I'm drinking from a new wine of his, his salvation, his joy, this Pentecostal experience that I know is real and he's real in our life today. If he's real in your life today, would you give him some praise this morning? I'm excited today because I believe that the party is about to begin. The stage is being set for the stage of the ages is about to begin the greatest party. And I'm not talking about heaven. That's going to be a great day. But I'm talking about heaven invading the earth. I'm talking about the kingdoms of this world becoming the kingdoms of our God and his Christ. 
I'm talking about that we are truly the head and not the tail. That we are more than a conqueror. I'm talking about us being the victorious ones that God has called us to be. I'm excited about the party of the ages that's a beginning today. Amen. The stage is being set. The curtain is being raised. Amen. And we're about to see something that we have never seen in our lifetime. I believe that we're going to see the fullness of the book of Acts. We're going to see the promise of God to this early church that he said that I'm going to reveal myself in such a manner that the latter house will be greater than the former house. That there will be an outpouring of his spirit that is going to be magnetic and that the church is going to see a move of his spirit and his power that's going to draw people not by the hundreds but by the thousands that not buildings will receive a revival but a nation will receive a, a, a awakening and we will know that his power is not just for the church but as we sung here this morning Jesus on the mountain Jesus in the streets Jesus everywhere why because we know that this is not something that can be contained in a building but this is something that we live it is a lifestyle unto God that transforms us from the inside out amen miracles happening in Walmart miracles on the job amen why not you don't need a preacher for a miracle you just need to believe Amen. Just believe the word of the Lord. Believe the promise of God. Signs and wonders don't follow the preacher. They follow the believer. Right? And in my name, they'll cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. This is what I'm talking about. The party of the ages is about to begin. God's not going to be the laughing stock of this, this generation. He is not going to be laughed at and mimicked by late night TV shows. He is going to reveal his power in full measure. And we're going to see the sign, the wonder, and the awe of God. Amen. There's not one example of a, a preacher in the Bible begging people to come to church. There's not one example of, of a preacher begging people to pay their tithe and give offerings. There's not one example of a preacher begging people to teach, begging people to work, begging people to do a thing, begging people to do anything. They don't have to, 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 to show up and show, uh, you know, babies with swollen bellies for them to give to missions. Amen. They don't have to twist arms. People do it in the, in the book of Acts because they have a relationship with the king. And because they have a relationship with the king and that relationship is real. They desire, they hunger, they want to be a part of what God is doing in the earth. And I submit to you that when this becomes real to us, when it becomes reality to us, that it will not be something that we have to push, prime, pump, or try to make happen, but it'll be something that people will want to be a part of the kingdom of God.
Amen. They don't have to have fancy music. They just have to be born again. They don't have to have the light show and the scene. All they have to do is receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and their lives will be infused with power and purpose and destiny that will cause them to want to lift up their voice and give God some kind of praise. Amen. See, in Luke chapter 24, they were continually in the temple praising God. Continually. In the temple praising God. Right? In Acts 2, they spoke in tongues and they magnified God. In chapter 3 of Acts, they went leaping and praising God into the temple. The people came. They had the right bait, if you will. They, what did they have? They had praise. They had worship. They were rejoicing. Amen. Nobody wants to follow someone that looks like they brush with a dill pickle and gargle with vinegar. Nobody wants to follow a sad-faced person. Nobody wants to follow somebody that doesn't have no joy. Right? There's nobody going to follow you into the kingdom if it looks like you've been drugged through a knot hole backwards. You've got to have some excitement. You've got to have some joy about your, your salvation. Amen. You remember whenever those, you, those vacuum sales people used to come to your house and they wouldn't let up. I forget what that was, a rainbow, some kind of mess. And they come to my mom and daddy's house and they said, you need a vacuum cleaner. And dad said, no, I don't. Said, I ain't got no carpet. They said, oh, you will one day. You need to get this because this is the best vacuum cleaner ever created. Right? And the man wouldn't let up. He said, this thing will pull a, vac pull, pull a bowling ball out of a closet with the door shut. And he just kept on and kept on. But how much excitement do you have about the salvation that you have? How much joy do you have? Is it something that, that, that is overflowing in your life? Or does anybody even know you've got it? You see, because if it is good as we say it is, if we're saved and we're not on our way to hell, but heaven has come to live on the inside of us, the God of glory reigns in us, then there ought to be some kind of excitement in your heart. Amen. But, but what, what, what has happened? We have lost our way. We've lost our way. But there's a change coming. There's a change coming. And I believe that in our text here this morning that, that I believe that Samson is a picture of the last day church. He is a shadow and a type. Samson had an anointing upon his life and to conquer every enemy that he ever faced. And no one was able to stop him or match his strength. His strength was supernatural. They could not, as I said earlier, could not figure out where this strength came from. Where does your power source at? Where, what is it, Samson, that causes you to be able to overcome anything that you face or anything that you deal with? And as I said, Samson was a bad dude, wasn't he? I mean, think about it. Go out and catch not one fox, but 300 of them. That's bad. 
tie their tails together, put a torch on them and run them through the harvest and burn up the harvest, took those gates off of their hinges, took them to the top of the mountain. That's a bad dude, right? He did it in the middle of the night. He took a jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand men at one time. Nothing to deal with. He represented the covenant, right? And he is he and so the covenant that he has with God has now been cut off or removed from him. And now they are using him for entertainment. Think about that. The individual that once they could not contain has now become their entertainment. The individual that would that would have this power source that was inhuman now is the laughing stock of all of the Philistines. And they're laughing at him and, and he is the joke of the Philistines. And it, it sounds like the church today. People are laughing at the church and mocking the church saying you said your God can do this and your God can do that. And, and Samson was put at the grinding mill going around and around in a circle but not going anywhere. Right? And as long as we're going on in a circle, going nowhere, we're not making progress. And we've made a lot of busied ourselves about being busy, but we're not making any progress. We're just continuing to go around in this circle, grinding meal, working without reward, believing and doing the same old thing over and over again, but never seeing the harvest, never seeing souls saved, never seeing the kingdom advance, never seeing us taking back territory. But we're not here in the kingdom of God just to go through progress and go through the motions and go through the mundane and the rituals of religion but we're here to make an impact upon our culture the culture is not to impact the church church is to impact culture the seven mountains should be impacted by the people of God but we've seen as we've stepped back from that that the enemy has taken the place but it's time for us today to quit grinding at the meal of religion and begin to say I'm believing God for something fresh I'm believing God for something new I'm believing God that his word over our life over our family over our city over our church it will come to pass it will be performed and we're not going to keep doing things going through the motions to hope for another day but we're believing today that we break this grinding at the meal and not having any harvest amen the Bible said they put his eyes out if you want to get to somebody, just put their eyes out. Without a vision, people will perish. If you don't have a vision for the future, you'll always stay in the present. Amen. I said, if you don't have a vision for the future, then what you're at, where you are right now, will be your present, your future. Because you've got to have something beyond where you are. You've got to have a vision where you can see. And if people don't have a vision, if they can't see something, they'll never have anything. Amen. If you can't see yourself being a house owner, 
then you'll never have your own house. If you can't see yourself being successful at work or at business, then you'll never be successful at it. <clears throat> it's true. If you never see yourself being victorious and being a winner, then you'll never have victory. You'll never win. Right? But you've got to see yourself. You've got to believe that what God has said is true. And the enemy knew that if we put his eyes out, that we can stop him from making progress. And they put him into a prison. If we are constantly going in a circular motion, not making progress, and our vision has been taken away, then we are in a prison and the enemy is laughing. We can come here week after week, Sunday after Sunday, sing our songs, say our sermon, and go through the motions as long as we're not making progress, as long as we're not making an impact, as long as we're not making a difference. He does not care what we do. So what do you do when you lose your way? When you no longer have what you used to have? You see, because it isn't even good enough to have it if you don't still got it. Amen. It's quiet up in this Presbyterian church. It's no good to have the anointing at one time. That anointing was good for then. But what about the now? There's a lot of people dreaming about their past, talking about their past, only living in their past because they have no present experience. They have no present encounter. They have nothing to talk about today, so they have to talk about years gone by because today they have no experience with God. And as a result, we find ourselves grinding at the meal instead of making progress, instead of moving forward. But what do you do whenever you lose your way? You no longer have that, that presence. You no longer have that fresh anointing in your life. What do you do? You need his anointing afresh. What do you do? You do what Samson did. What did he do? You remember your past experience. Not to live in your past experience, but to draw from the fountain of faith of your past for experience you never forget your testimony huh you never forget your testimony i'm going to keep on telling you till somebody starts believing me i'll know that you're telling your story whenever people start getting saved because when you start telling your story i promise you people will want what you have because there's nobody else can do for them what god has done for you and what he's done for me and and he he began to remember and he remembered his testimony Amen. Samson remembered the day that he slew a thousand men 
men with a jawbone of a donkey. He remembered the gates of the city. He, he remembered the anointing of the Lord that came upon him. And his enemy had him bound with ropes and fetters. And, and he tormented him, but he broke them away. Sometimes in order for us to remove, move forward, you have to look back and pick up the old jawbone. Pick up the old testimony. Pick up what God has done for you in the past and bring it into your present and believe that it's going to propel you into your future and be like David the same God that delivered me from the hand of the bear and the paw of the lion is the same God that's going to deliver me from the hand of this Philistine you see it doesn't you don't live in your past but you build upon your testimony and you say I know that my Redeemer does live I know that the same God that done that for me then the same God that healed me yesterday the same God that provided for me financially the same God that saved me and filled me with his Holy Spirit is the same God that is going to work on my behalf right here today I know it looks like there is no way but I've been here before and he makes a way when there seems there is no way I know that I was without joy before but I know what it is for him to baptize me afresh in the joy of his spirit I know what and we pick up that old testimony and we talk about what God has done for us in our past and it causes faith to rise up in us for our future just look back where he brought you from Look back from where he brought you from. And if you don't have a reason to praise him, then I just give up on him. <laughs> Go ahead and look back over your shoulder and see all of the things that he has conquered for you in your life. And see if it doesn't give you a reason to praise him. Amen. Out of the old struggle of yesterday, the Yesterday's battle is going to provide fresh honey for the strength to fight your future fight. The enemy comes and he tries to get you to give up and to give in and to quit. But the enemy had Samson where he wanted him. Right? The enemy had him down. The enemy had him grinding the meal. The enemy had taken his vision. He's making no progress. They've got him bound to where they need him and want him to be. And they're having a party. And they call and say, hey, bring Samson out here. Let him perform for us. Huh? Let him perform for us. Let him, let him be our entertainment for the night. Huh? That's where they wanted him and that's where he was. And verse 22 slips it in on us and says, however. Amen. They had him bound. They put out his eyes. They had him in prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again <laughs> hallelujah however that word however means what was said in verse 21 don't even matter it doesn't even count 
because however the hair of his head began to grow again hallelujah i'm telling you today that i believe prophetically this is where the church is we've been the laughing stock we've been the mockery we've been the laughing of the nation and a world but however there is our hair is beginning to grow again while the world is looking and taunting and laughing and having no even no thought of the church huh I mean, know that the world has no thought of the church. You remember whenever the church, whenever people got in trouble, the church is where they came to. People get in trouble today, they don't even think about coming to the church. They think about coming to the doctor. They think about going to the drug dealer. Huh? They think about going to, to, to friends, to folks, to people, but they don't think about the church. It used to be whenever your marriage got in trouble, you thought about the church. Whenever you got sick, you thought about the church. Whenever your children were acting crazy, you thought about the church. Whenever bondages and addictions and bad habits came, you, you thought about the church. But people don't think about the church anymore. It's not a place that you think about going when you get into trouble. However, the hair on the head is beginning to grow again. Amen. I'm telling you, the hair on the head is beginning to grow again. What are you saying? I'm saying that God is raising up in this hour while the world is mocking, while the world is going crazy, while the world has no thought about the church of the living God being the source that they need in the earth, that silently behind the scenes, while the enemy thinks he has this present day church where he wants them, the hair is beginning to grow again the covenant of God the promise of God there is a people that is getting serious that the ground roots of when nobody is looking and people cannot see them but they're tired of the status quo they're tired of the mundane they're tired of the religious rigors of religion and they want a real manifest presence of his spirit they want to see the last day promise of God they want to see the book of Acts for themselves they're tired of reading a about it they want to experience it they want to encounter it they want this generation to know that there really is a God in heaven that answers by fire not just a storybook not just a good tale but it is real it's got to be real on the inside and I believe that this last day church needs to understand where we are the times and the seasons that we're in yes there's trouble on every hand yes it looks like America's going to hell in a basket but however the hair on the head is beginning to grow again the presence of God is available to us in this last day he said I will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and daughters of prophesy I'm telling you today that the hair is beginning to grow again there's a fresh wind of his spirit that is breathing upon this last day church and we're going to see the signs the wonders and the miracles we're going to see the goodness of God we're going to see his grace flood the earth as it does the heavens and we're going to know that the goodness of God is in the earth not only for us to experience every once in a while but we live in his glory live in his glory this is where we are 
However, the hair has begun to grow again. There's a shift. There's a change in the atmosphere. God is doing something in the spirit that has not yet manifest completely in the natural. But the hair is beginning to grow again. Amen. Samson finds himself in this place. And they're laughing at him. They're mocking him. He is the entertainment for this evening. However, the hair has begun to grow again. He asked of another generation, I need you to help me. Every major move of God, I know it's been a while since I've talked about this, but every major move of God requires multi-generational participation. You will never have a major shift or even see a major shift in the scriptures without there being multiple generations connected together. Neither will it happen in this last day. But Samson understood. He said, I can't do this by myself. But I need some help. And the scripture is clear. He says he asked a young lad. He asked another generation. Can you lead me to the stronghold of this generation? Can you lead me to the stronghold that is holding up this, 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 this whole nation? Can you lead me to the pillars? And while Samson could not do it himself, he inquires and asks another generation. And because another generation is willing to help and to participate and lead him to the pillars that, that this, this, the Philistines was built upon. All of the leaders were there. All of the people of authority were there. All of them were there in one place. It, it was holding them up. And so it speaks to me of a stronghold of the Philistines. And he said, as if you can lead me to that place and the, the, the another, another generation leads him there and so multi-generations get together something great can happen and he led him to the strongholds and he asked God he said <laughs> the Philistines were laughing and mocking and he asked God God would you just one more time just one more time God, just one more time, I believe that ought to be the prayer of the church. God, I know we don't have a whole lot of time, but just one more time. Just one more time, would you visit your church? Just one more time, would you show signs and wonders and miracles? Just one more time, would you bring healing to the broken and joy to those who are filled with sorrow? Just one more time, would you cause laughing to be in the streets again? Just one more time, would you heal our nation? Just one more time, would you send a great awakening that will transform and change our nation and our world? Amen. And while the Philistines were laughing, the lad was leading a, the, the, um, a Samson to the pillars that held up this generational bondage. And he leads him there. And while he, they're still laughing and taunting, all the while, however, the hair on his head was growing. I'm telling you today, don't get your eyes caught up on the news media. Don't get your eyes caught up on all the 
mess of the world is going on, keep your eyes upon Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You're not going to get no hope from CNN, Fox News, or nowhere else. You're not going to get any joy out of the things of this world. But if you keep your eyes fully upon Jesus, while they're laughing, the hair is going to begin to grow. The covenant is going to get strong. The grace of God, the power of God, the anointing of God that He has promised this last day church is going to be revealed. And while there's a laughing going on in the streets, we're going to tear down the strongholds that keep this generation hostage. We're going to take over the addiction. We're going to take over the pornography. We're going to take over the strongholds of hell, tear down the spirits of oppression, and declare the kingdom of God has come unto us, and we will not relent. We will not give up. We will not back up because there's a fresh wind. There's a fresh anointing. There's a fresh sound coming from heaven, and we're going to release the sound of heaven into the earth. We're going to release a hope into the earth. And they're going to know there is a God in heaven. <laughs> Amen. We're going to remember the goodness of God and pull down every stronghold. Amen. Every stronghold. I don't have time to back up my theology, but I believe before the church ever leaves here, we're going to undo, outdo, and overdo everything the devil has ever done, and there's not going to be a trace of a devil. Why? Because the kingdom of God has come unto us. Amen. You can't read this book and tell me that what God has promised is now happening. Neither can you tell me that God is a liar. So therefore, we... <laughs> Therefore, we've got to believe that however the hair of our head is beginning to grow again. Huh? There's more. There's more. Amen. There's more. And we've got to break these strongholds off of generations. And we've got to say, be free in the name of the Lord. Amen. I believe we're going to see the Lord's church in the earth. And it's going to be doing everything he fully intended for it to do. Amen. We're not going to leave here like a bunch of whip pups. Amen. I used to sing a song back in whenever I was a kid. I'll see you in the rapture. And, and uh, I know I ain't mocking that or anything. It's rapture's wonderful. But it, it gave me the idea of, of an escape mentality. That we're going to slip out of here in the middle of the night. Nobody's going to know we're gone. And all they're going to do is find clothes. Look, Jesus didn't come pay the awesome price that he paid for you and I to slip out of here on some kind of escaped victim mentality. But when we leave, Everybody's going to know we're gone. And it's not going to be in a corner somewhere. It's going to be when everybody can see it. Think about it. Think about it. Jesus never did nothing in a private place and kept it private. He'd tell him, he'd heal him, and he'd say, don't tell nobody. But everybody would know tomorrow. Because <laughs> you can't heal a blind man 
and people don't find out about it. You can't raise a dead man from the grave and the whole city not know it happened. Huh? Think about the context. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a quiet little whisper in the middle of the night so nobody can hear him but the saints. Baloney, Greek. Amen. The Lord himself shall descend with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. It's going to be loud. The whole world's going to be able to hear it simultaneously. Huh? And he said that the dead in Christ are going to rise. How do people get up out of graves and nobody know about it? Amen. The graveyards are going to look like plowed fields. <laughs> Where the saints that have went on have come back to once uh, together be raptured up and to go together to be in the clouds of glory. You see, the, it isn't some secret thing, my brothers and sisters. Neither should your relationship be a secret thing. God has enough secret uh, undercover agents. He needs somebody that will share their testimony. Amen. And understand that while they're mocking and taunting, the hair on our head is growing again. And God's about to do something that we've believed him for, we have prayed for, we've expecting, but we haven't received it. But it's our turn. Amen. That's what I've been telling people everywhere I've gone to preach. It's our turn now. This is our day. This is our hour. The enemy has hit us with his best shot and he didn't get us. We're still here. We're like weeble wobbles. We weeble and wobble, but we don't fall down. We keep on going. We keep on pushing. Amen. And I'm telling you today that our greatest days are ahead for this church, for the kingdom of God. And we're going to see it in the land of the living. I don't have to get out of here. I, Melissa, if you'll come, I'll quit. I don't have to get out of here to receive God's best. His best is already in me. I don't have to, to, to leave here to go to heaven to be able to enjoy the goodness of God. I can enjoy it here and now. Amen. Heaven's going to be good. <laughs> no more devil, no more fight. Huh? But at the same time, I refuse to just broke through this world say I'm looking forward to heaven I just want to get to heaven someday so I can have some peace so I can have some joy so I can have some victory Jesus paid too great a price for you to wait to get to heaven to enjoy victory and joy if he wanted to do that he could have stayed in heaven the very fact that he came to earth is so you and I can enjoy it now if you're here today and you don't know the salvation that I'm talking about. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, today's the day of salvation. Now's the accepted time to call upon His name and be saved. Amen. But also, if you're here today and you're a believer, you've known what it is for his anointing his power his presence to be upon your life but that ain't what you're walking in today it's not what you're experiencing in your life today 
You just need a freshness of heaven over your life. I want to invite you to come this morning. I want to invite you to pray. And I want us to believe God that while the world is laughing, however, the hair, the covenant, the promise of God over your and my life is beginning to grow again. The enemy thought he had us where he wanted us, but he cannot take us out because the hair is growing again. Amen. Stand with me, please.